Metallica, here they come, the kings of metal. Hey, this is Chad Z, roadie for Metallica, and you're listening to Metal Up Your Podcast. Welcome to Melby Podcast. I'm Ethan Luck. And I'm Clint Wells. And this is episode 182, and we are going to dive into our top 10 albums re-ranked, meaning it's been quite a while, specifically episode 16, years and years and decades and centuries ago, yeah. where we decided we were going to, uh, together, uh, rank our Metallica records in order uh, from our favorite to our least favorite. We did get an email recently where someone asked us to do this. They, you know, It's been two or three years since we've done our top tens and it was within our first 20 episodes that we kind of got everyone oriented with where we sit in the metalliverse and the idea being that now that all this time's passed i mean i've studied metallica every day since then Mm -hmm. and so when thinking about well what are my top like what's the order of my top 10 metallica albums now with all this history of the podcast behind this right are there any meaningful changes and there were there were some there were some changes in mine i don't know yeah i you know I, i don't know what yours were uh, I haven't really looked at that, and I don't know if you have any changes. So we're going to burn all that down. And you I do would, have changes. You had mentioned that there was a quote from that episode where I said something like, and these <laughs> are not likely to change. I went back and listened to episode 16 because I, I needed to remind us what our order was because it's been a while. And uh, I just happened to skim across a quote from Clint Wells on episode 16 that says, I do not think that these are likely to change. Wow. Well, here I am eating my so, own words. <laughs> I, I mean, it was one of those moments when I was listening back to the episode that I actually LOL'd. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I instantly knew like, of course, 
these are going to change. All right. It's been right. Three, three years since that episode, a little over three years. So yeah. the original, the original air date of the episode, if you want to call it that, uh, was April 3rd, 2017. All right. So, so just over three years. So, so for all you go. diehard metal up your podcast fans out there, you can go back and listen to that episode first and, uh, compare notes. If you are joining us for the first time, welcome to the show. We're glad to have you here. Uh, we're an all Metallica podcast. Obviously, Ethan and I are two professional musicians based in Nashville, Tennessee. Every Monday, we put out a new episode about Metallica. We've been camped out in the St. Anger era as we're doing our Year in the Life series. And uh, we weren't able to be in the same room today. Ethan's at HQ1. I'm at HQ2. And so, because we got a request to do this episode, we thought it'd be fun. So, we're going to do our uh, top 10 album orders. And then we're also going to do, I thought it was fun at the very end, just what are your current top 10 Metallica songs? Not of all time, not your deep cuts, because we've done those episodes also. This is just like, of course. what are you jamming? What are you excited about? When you get in your car and you've got an hour, you got an hour drive, what are the 10 Metallica songs you're going to put on? Exactly. I thought that was a great idea because there's a lot of bands uh, outside of Metallica I listen to very frequently where a, a certain day goes by and all of a sudden i'm like you know what right now that's the best allison chain song or that's the best Soundgarden song or whatever right and uh, so i thought this was a great idea because uh i listen to metallica obviously very frequently as you do too but uh i just yeah i made the list real quick like off the cuff like you know what this is what i've been digging lately uh and i think some of my uh, selections will surprise you yeah and we are going to want to hear from you guys about your current top tens if any of your album rankings have changed through the years i know that there are people out there ethan in metal up your podcast land who would probably put load and reload higher than they would before the podcast i know that this exists i've had people tell me both in emails and in person that they now regard those albums higher than they used to so it's just it's a fun time to dip in and just see how we've see how we've changed. Listen, honey, please, this is what we're here for, right? We don't want to tell you what to like, but we're gonna encourage you to explore new options. Dude, here's one thing that's changed from three years ago. I am wearing a Michael Jordan basketball jersey and a Michael Jordan hat. Mm-hmm. I'm basically a Michael Jordan fanboy now. Three years later, that has changed. That'd be an interesting thing to tell my that my, changed, my yeah. three year ago self. You are currently war- rocking. In, in some kind of monster slash St. Anger fashion, a Hawaiian shirt. I am, yeah. Uh, oftentimes on the weekend is kind of like uh, the the few days where me and my wife really get to hang out. You know, she works a lot during the week and we see each other, of course, but uh, she's off work. So it's kind of like a casual weekend. So we've got our, our uh, above ground, super white trash pool out back, which is a lifesaver this summer. Uh, and I oftentimes like to put on a Hawaiian shirt and just, you know, just keep it cash. And you're telling me your wife still wants to hang out with you. Oh, she's not here right now. So I can, t- I can tell you that. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to burn these lists down. You guys know the deal. We need to knock out some housekeeping first. We have some news, and this is kind of a bit of an in-memoriam news section. Yeah. Um, we didn't cover this the week it happened. I'm not sure why, but uh, Ennio Morricone passed away. Mm. And many Metallica fans will know he's the composer of the song that they've been coming out to pretty much their entire career, with some exceptions, The Ecstasy of Gold. Very famous film composer. He passed away in Rome, Italy on July 6th at age 91. Wow. His work from uh, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly is just, it's a part of every Metallica show. It's a, Absolutely. It's a, it's a melody we all sing. It gets us pumped up. It's from uh, an iconic film. And uh, other films you might not know that he did. A lot of people know that he did those Westerns, Fistful of Dollars, A Few Dollars More, Once Upon a Time in the West. He also did Brian De Palma's Untouchables. He did The Thing. John Carpenter's mm. The Thing. 
uh, he did my favorite favorite Terrence Malick film, Days of Heaven, which if you guys haven't seen Days of Heaven, you got to see it. And then, of course, he did The Hateful Eight, which uh, Quentin Tarantino's eighth film, which is when he won his first Oscar. First Oscar. That's insane. So, well, that was what? Three years ago, four years ago. So, yeah, three or four years ago. Yeah. Very cool that, you know, before he passed away, he was able to get what many people consider to be the finest, uh, you know, honor in the film industry. So of course, yeah, we heard ecstasy of gold at the top of the episode. And we were just thinking about Enio and his family and grateful for what he left us. Another icon passed away. Uh, this was just a few days ago, Peter green. Yeah, man, that was, that was a, that was a tough one, man. I mean, uh, because obviously we know that Kirk Hammond is the owner of Peter green's famous greenie guitar. Mm -hmm. Uh, that was kind of one of my first thoughts after, you know, being like, oh, man, one of the founding members of Fleetwood Mac is gone. I know. Um, was like, man, I mean, Kirk Hammett not only has a personal connection to him, but also a physical connection with his guitar. And so right. I saw that Kirk had made a, a nice post about it. Too. Yeah, he did. And he, he posted a picture of Greeny, which for those of you who don't know, is his, you know, reportedly $2 million guitar that Peter Green used to own, like sitting on this ledge right by the water, <laughs> like just a fucking bird could poop on it and fall into the water. It's yeah. like, Kirky poo, let's get that guitar away from the ledge, homie. But, uh, but a lot of people don't know this, but Fleetwood Mac, a lot of people know Fleetwood Mac, right? They know the chain and they know gold dust woman and go your mm -hmm. own way. Don't stop thinking about tomorrow, etc. cetera. Uh, but before Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks joined the band, it, it was sort of a blues kind of psychedelic band in the, in the seventies. And Peter mm -hmm. Green was the uh, guitar player and the vocalist. They wrote Mag Black Magic Woman, Albatross, which we're going to end the episode with Albatross, which is my favorite old OG Fleetwood Mac song, Oh Well and Man of the World. Kirk Hammett, as you just mentioned, he owns the 1959 Les Paul Greeny, which 1959 Les Pauls, even without pedigrees like that, are already extremely valuable. Absolutely. That's like the year to own a Les Paul. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you're right. He, he wrote a post that said, no words can describe how I feel right now. Peter Green lives on through his music and his instrument. Our loss is total. Rest in peace, my friend. And Kirk is on an upcoming live tribute album and DVD to Peter Green that was put together by Mick Fleetwood in Hawaii. Let's go to fucking Hawaii. Let's go to fucking Hawaii. Let's go. So we'll look out for that. It's cool. Um, David Gilmore was also there. Billy Gibbons was easy top. Noel Gallagher. It was, it was kind of a cool lineup of folks. I mean, a lot of a lot of not only guitar icons, but songwriting icons. Yeah. I mean, these these are guys that you know for decades have probably looked up to Peter Green. And you know, you mentioned that you know he was in the early incarnation of Fleetwood Mac and it did, I, I can't remember exactly. It was probably five or six records before Lindsey Buckingham and Stephen Nicks joined, but yeah, they were a blues rock kind of psych band. And uh, it's really I cool mean, shit. I mean, people should really, really investigate cool. it if, you know, if they haven't really done that before. Yeah. I mean, I think their first record was 67 or 69. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, I mean, dude, he wrote black magic woman. I mean, yeah. most people in the world know that as a Santana song. Yeah. Right. You know, Absolutely. and it's, it's not, you know, and uh, so, yeah, I, I would definitely encourage all of our listeners to go, you know, a lot of that's on Spotify or YouTube or whatever, wherever you get your music. Uh, wherever and, you steal and pilfer music. <laughs> <laughs> Where, wherever you pillage for music. <laughs> but yeah, dive into some Peter Green Fluid Matt, because that stuff is really good. I, mean, I agree. Of course, you know, the Lindsey Buckingham, Stephen Nick stuff is also great, but this was some really cool rootsy you know and and he's also known as one of the great london blues players absolutely e e english blues players i mean bb king has said great things about him over the years he was often compared to clapton and this is when they were saying things like they were spray painting clapton as god on walls in london and shit okay mm -hmm. and there was like a heyday there where eric clapton was like just no one could imagine anyone better and peter green was at that level he was definitely right. considered a peer of clapton in his prime like young clapton 
yeah. coke, coked out, drugged out Clapton. So that's a really rich part of music history that that you metalheads out there. I'm like waving my finger like an old like a school <laughs> Listen teacher. Listen to me, you metalheads out there, do your homework, do your research. You don't know how it used to be. You must trace the threads back too. <laughs> Speaking of tracing the threads back to shit, so Kill 'Em All turned you know 37 the other day, and we all posted. We all, I, dude, I had a good time listening to Kill 'Em All the other day, man. I uh, know, me too. My uh, my wife and kid were out of the house for whatever reason and uh i was able to just crank it in the studio and just having a great time so i posted uh on the socials you know just posted a nice thing that was like the album that invented and cemented thrash metal you know Mm -hmm, so of course the thrash metal police came out of the woodwork they didn't invent thrash metal actually but of course there's no consensus on who did right like right i'm getting slammed for making a pronouncement but then of course one guy says it was exodus one guy says it was motorhead one guy says it was fucking accept one guy says it was sabbath one guy says it was this and that and the fucking other thing bro well here's the thing let's say yeah maybe let's say they're not the band that invented thrash metal you know what they did do they took that style of music and took it to the masses started on an underground level with no barely any label support uh no tv no radio none of that stuff uh you had that lightning and puppets and justice i mean all that stuff happened with no videos besides one right Come but on. you just get into the splitting the hairs where it's like that conversation becomes more about like b- being a troll like i could say oh uh the beatles invented heavy metal with helter skelter instead we know that black sabbath pretty much invented heavy metal right, so when yeah. you start splitting hairs over like but who was the first to write a riff like there's double kick drum and motorheads overkill so mm-hmm, aha, it must be thrash gotcha metal. it's like come on dudes kill them all is ground zero exodus didn't even put out an album until like 85 i get that they were a band playing in people's backyards at fucking barbecues in 1979 <laughs> but that does not what i'm considering a landmark album that came out on a label with exactly. songs yeah. that that to this day are thrash metal staples and classics they they're the template you measure that by and exodus is a cool band but i mean let's be honest kirk hammett left exodus to join metallica i mean there's a yeah not that they're not a bad band at all but i mean i think he saw the opportunity like hey this this band seems like it's going hmm. places yeah do i want to keep playing the um backyard bay area jamboree um <laughs> at, at my friend torf's house or do i want to join a band on a major label and fly to new york and make an album and go on fucking tour with raven torf <laughs> <laughs> is that torben's cousin i don't know he's he's loosely in in the uh, mythology anyway this is torf i live in the bay area exodus is my favorite backyard band <laughs> <laughs> i like this song bonded by the blood <laughs> <laughs> okay anyway that was tangent city but uh um the point about fleetwood mac is do your homework go investigate why these great bands you know are considered great and uh you know you can take a break from uh, killing is my business or whatever the fuck you're listening to um all right the third little piece of news is that the aftershock festival has officially been rescheduled so that was one of the last of the danny wimmer presents summer festivals that was kind of hanging on the one in sacramento california yeah it has officially been rescheduled for october 8th through the 10th 2021 so i think they're doing what like pearl jam's doing where they're you can either get refunds or you can just hold on to your ticket and they'll honor it whenever the shows happen. Right. So I mentioned this also on the socials. We don't have any insider info, but I can't imagine that the South America shows are going to happen. So I'm expecting the cancellation of those shows also. 
yeah or not necessarily not a cancellation yet. but a postponement right of course yeah yeah postponement for sure and it seems like right now i mean with all the stuff that's been going on with covid and and uh you know our industry being completely shut down really it seems silly that anyone that's hanging on to any shows for the rest of 2020 it's kind of i think they should on. just cancel them yeah it's yeah so a lot of the like pearl jam and metallica and the, and the aftershock festival uh it seems like they're just postponing it one year ahead right. Pearl Jam, the same thing with all their stuff next summer they're doing all the european uk stuff and uh and you know again everything's still in the unknown so we'll take it as it comes uh maybe by next spring shit is still fucking crazy in our country and they have to postpone until 2022 who knows but for now yeah, 2021 for uh, Aftershock. Dude, speaking of news, man, have you heard Taylor Swift's new album? Uh, I saw that it was released, and I also saw the uh, positive uproar online about her how her album cover looks very black metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so- somebody took one of those kind of... Uh, somebody made up these like black metal looking t-shirts for a lot of pop artists right took her logo and put it on it and it looks like a black metal album cover it's like her in the woods and it's creepy foggy yeah well i'll tell you what i haven't i haven't listened to it is it awesome i I mean yeah i'm on like my 10th listen it really is like really really, it's really understated it's well she did almost all of it with the guy from the national okay which is a great band like a great kind of um, indie rock band very strange and cool like the cool pedigree is high with this. There's a track on there with her and Bon Iver. Mm-hmm. And then Jack Antonoff did the rest of them, which he's awesome. from Bleachers and he did her last album. And yeah. I know that it's not metal. I believe me, I fucking get it guys, but um, I don't care that it's not metal. I like good music and or is it really, or is it, <laughs> or is this the first ever thrash masterpiece? Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> There's so many people there take that seriously. Can you believe it? <laughs> So many hot, some guy wrote something like so many hot takes here because I called kill them all like powerful and classics and a lot of hot takes there. Don't even get me started on the hot takes. I'm like, really, dude, it's kill them all, bro. And yes, it is powerful. (laughs) Okay. um, Well, that's the news. So uh, we do have iTunes reviews that mean a lot to us. It only takes a second. If you dig the show, which we have some of the emails we got here and we got some new patrons, people kind of saying they're just discovering the show. I don't know how that's happening. I don't know what channels are bringing the show to your ears. But uh, if you're wondering how you can support us, the easiest thing to do other than telling your buddies about it, maybe not the thrash metal purists. (laughs) They may not find a lot to like (laughs) about us, but your buddies who like Metallica and like hard rock and like music, you can just tell them that that it exists. And then second of all, you can leave us a positive review. Now, you can also go to the Patreon. Everyone knows what Patreon is, right? I think so. Everyone, Because so. everyone has a Patreon now. Everybody, especially during the whole quarantine time, everyone started a podcast. Everyone's got a yeah, Patreon. Yeah, totally. So, everyone knows what it is. It's a way, it's if you're willing and able, and if you think the show has value, um, if you, you know, which we have, we're lucky, man, we have almost 300 patrons over there. But if you've got, if you've got the means and, uh, and you consider what we do over here to be as valuable as a cup of coffee per month, five bucks a month, mm-hmm. then, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash metal up your podcast. It's all there. And, and like any other great Patreon account, which, you know, the, a lot of Patreon accounts are awesome and provide a lot of cool exclusive content. We're no different. We've got a bunch of music you're going to get over there. 26 quarantine covers, four EPs of Metallica covers and other various covers and bonus tracks and Lunar Satan tracks and access to guests and just all the, all the stuff. It's over there. Just go clickety clack over there to investigate if you want. But I do want to thank Tapio Lothman and Andy Sparrow for becoming patrons this week during a global pandemic. Hooray. Hooray. 
We're on the socials. Jesus, God, I don't yes. even want to say him. I'm not, Do I'm, you I'm know not what social him. media is? I'm not going to say him. It's one of those days. No, Sam. We're you know, a, it's, you uh, know yeah. the things where you get all the stuff that wastes your time? We're on all those. We're on all those things that, that suck the life out of you. Uh, MetalUpYourPodcast.com if you want to see really a collection of all the other uh, podcasts we've been guests on. Did those two that you were going to be guests on happen? Uh, I recorded one uh, two nights ago. It's not out yet. And the next one I'm doing in like uh, about a week and a half. So All right, cool. once, they're, once they're out, I will post about it. Um, but I just recorded one the other night. Uh, it's a dude from Canada who is uh, a host of a podcast called Growing Up Punk. Uh, it's a cool, it's a cool podcast. He just kind of, you know, it's a, a bit of a general uh, discussion about kind of my history and music and the bands I've been in and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah, I'll post it on the socials, which you know what those are uh, once it's out and uh, for the world to hear. All right, cool. And Ethan's other podcast is called the pirate satellite. Very cool. Hear it wherever you hear podcasts. My other podcast is called I'm okay. You're okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay with my friend, Bob Schneider. And you can also hear that wherever the fuck you hear all the stuff. Our email right. address here at this podcast is metal up your podcast show at gmail.com. Honestly, dude, the last two weeks, we've really gotten a lot of emails. So we mm-hmm. pick five to read. And so these five that we're about to read made it to the show. Obviously the, um, the remaining ones we're either going to respond to personally or get to on uh, subsequent episodes, but we do appreciate hearing from everyone. And we're going we're to do that now. And what we love and with that is the email portal. Okay, our first email is from Brian Ward. He says, hey, boys, the Procedo Sessions episode had me rolling. I just wanted to say that you guys have truly inspired me with your quarantine cover series. I've decided to jump on the bandwagon with a reimagining of Lady by Styx. Uh, I kind of turned into a country ballad, I suppose. He goes on to say, uh, I've also been r- on a writing frenzy. Lots of demos on the computer, but I'm not sure where to go from here. We don't really have a Paul, Paul? in the Pacific Northwest. You, you probably do. You just haven't met your Paul yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, budgetary restraints make it hard to make it to a studio. Demoing is a lot of fun, uh, but to get away from the middies behind a true kit or plugged into a true amp. Uh, sounds like heaven. Anyways, uh, thanks for all you do, brothers. Uh, metal up, Brian from Portland, Oregon, New Jersey. Dude, that's awesome. First of all, that you uh, you covered sticks. I'm not a huge sticks fan. I'm not. I don't dislike them. I just never really got into sticks. Mm-hmm. But uh, as a songwriter and a musician, and you could probably say the same. It is a very fun and gratifying thing to take on cover songs, you know, to reimagine them. Uh, like he said, he turned into a country ballad. That's great. To me, it kind of encourages you in your songwriting, in your in your playing, uh, kind of takes you a bit out of your comfort zone, maybe to your own songs. So, yeah, that's great. And I hope that uh, all those demos you got, you can find someone to help you kind of harness them and uh, make them into what you're looking for. Or maybe uh, in all this, uh, it helps you uh, learn recording at home better and stuff like that. And you can take those demos at home and make them even better than you thought you could. Yeah, I mean, if you don't have a Paul Moak in the Pacific mid, mid, uh, Northwest, maybe you're the future Paul Moak of the Pacific Northwest. Brian? <laughs> Brian! Brian! <laughs> Thanks for the email, <laughs> homie. Andy Sparrow writes, hey guys, just a quick email to say thank you for the shows. I've been listening to them off and on over the last year or so, but this last Sunday morning, I jumped onto Patreon with you. Thank you, Andy. Really enjoyed the 2019 review and Scott Pingle shows as it brought back great memories of my black ticket trips of Europe and trip to S&M 2. 
I've been a Metallica fan since I was lucky to see them at Monsters of Rock in Donington in 85. Dang. I've had many great adventures with Metallica, but moved it up a few gears since 2003 when Rob joined the band and again got to see them at their secret set at the first download festival again at Donington. I've since then taken my daughters and now even my grandson to Metallica gigs with many cool memories, including making banners for shows, two of which hang in HQ. Whoa. So keep up the great work as you do the podcast that fans love. Love and respect, Andy. What a nice email, Andy. That's so cool, man. And that's, he I sends, mean. He sent us some pictures, too, of like the times he's met the boys and through the years. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool and very cool that he's able to share that with not only his daughters, but his grand, grandkid also. It's awesome. That's so cool. It's really cool. It's so cool. I really hope that uh, one day I, my uh, niece and nephews get into Metallica so I could take them. And then when they have kids. And then they tell two people and they tell two people. Well, you know how these things start. One guy tells another guy something and then he tells two friends. And they tell two friends, and they tell their friends, and so on, and so on, and so on. You know how these things go. And then Metallica will actually sell some records. <laughs> cool. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Andy. Our next email is from Jew. He says, hi, Ethan and Clint. My name is Jew. I'm a longtime listener. I'm Thai. And, and Metallica only came to Thailand once in 1993, and I wasn't born yet. Wow. Okay, so we got a, a young guy here. A uh, youngster. He's a youngin. <laughs> He said, "Oh, this is cool." He said, "I opened mind lately. Uh, opened my mind lately to and listen to uh, Billie Eilish uh, for the first time and wonder how come Clint doesn't like corn when corn can give you creepiness, a low bass drop, heaviness, and weird lyrics like Billie. Uh, in my opinion, corn is better." Uh, he goes on to say, "Corn uh, also corn uh, also perform as a band, not just as a single name." And, and uh, really play instruments on stage, and people know all the members, not just one. Uh, really love you guys. Keep up the good work and stay safe. Uh, from Jew in Thailand, uh, Bangkok, Thailand, New Jersey, which is a great place. I love Bangkok, New Jersey. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, he's basically saying, hey, I checked out Billie Eilish because I've talked a lot about how much I love Billie Eilish on the show. And, She's great. And he's saying, hey, all the things that, that I seem to like about her that, that Korn has also, but I've also been fairly vocal about not liking Korn too. It's a good point. I take that point. Um, sure. You know, it's not she. She's unique. I mean, she's not just like a pop singer with that can't play or anything. Her brother writes all that stuff with her, and mm-hmm. her brother is an amazing musician. Brother's an amazing, amazing yeah. piano player and yeah, uh, and guitar player and a good singer and a good songwriter. And so, you know, I would point you to their Grammy performance this this past Grammys, where it's just her and him on piano. It's amazing. You know, th- there's no vocal effects, there's no pyrotechnics, there's no gimmicks. It's not like Demi Lovato or J Lo or Shakira. It's it's really this this girl who I think is a true capital T artist uh, singing a beautiful song, and this is just her first album. So in terms of Corn, mm-hmm. it's like yeah, I could probably go a little easier on Corn because in honesty, I haven't. I mean, shit, there, dude, there was a, a three to five year period there where Korn was just shoved down the throats of anyone who was listening to heavy music. Of course, yeah. It's not like I haven't heard it, but I haven't really investigated it since maybe the mid-aughts. Right. I will say with with uh, with, with uh, Billy's live shows, uh, she does have, uh, she plays the tracks, of course. There's a lot of stuff going on in her records. That, I bet you Korn does too, though. That's the thing. I bet Korn, Korn plays the tracks well. also. There's a good chance for sure, you know, uh, but uh, Billy also has a live drummer. Uh, Finn plays keys. He plays guitar. I think they have another guitar player on stage. So there is live music elements. It's not just her by herself on stage with nobody else singing to tracks. Right. There's a lot of live elements in her live show. And I only know that because not only have I seen stuff on TV, but a friend of mine uh, is uh, a tech for them. And I went down when, when they played uh 
Ascent Amphitheater in Nashville last summer. Yeah, I hate that I missed that. I was on the road. But everyone in my band, we were like so sick that we couldn't be at that gig. Well, I, I wasn't able to make the actual show, but I went down early to see my friend and kind of take a tour of the stage. Mm-hmm. And I, ended up, I, I met her brother, Finn, and we hung out in his like little demo room and he like showed us his setup. And it's like, he was the nicest dude. And, and just to kind of s- get a quick little, you know, fly on the wall perspective of how much that guy works on music. I mean, their record was already out. It already blown up. It already was taking over. They went from playing clubs to playing amphitheaters and arenas. And he's already in the dressing room every single day working on the next thing. He's a hard worker. And, and he's like a, a total in-demand dope producer now. You know, like he's doing he is, a bunch yeah. of huge shit now. He's doing shit with Julia Michaels and mm-hmm. uh, just others I can't think of right now. But um, and, they, and, and they don't do outside writing either. It was just the two of them. No, no, they're, they're, they're legit. That's why I call them true artists. Uh, yeah. the, 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 the real thing with corn with me is, is the bass sound first of all. And then also I never liked detuned. Uh, I never liked any band that did detune shit. I just never liked it. I never liked seven string guitar riffs or like low C sharp. I mean, I don't like saying anger, you know, I don't like, I think it, I think it has to be done right to do it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like, like when I was in demon hunter, every, most everything we did was in drop B, not everything wasn't in that key, but that was our tuning. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, it, but it wasn't, we, we weren't taking that tuning and like corn does and like really emphasizing those low strings. It was, it was still the same way you or I write a song on guitar. We were doing the same thing, but just in a lower tune. Well, I will say the 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 most recent um, Lunar Satan song, Evoco Serpentum, mm. is uh, in drop C sharp. Yeah. So I guess I guess I'm sort of eating my words here. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a concerted effort to dip into a little bit of corn just to check it out because I honestly like that Jonathan Davis guy. I like him. I like him too. Like he seems voice. like a, he seems like a cool guy. I don't know anything else about the other people. Uh, the, uh, what's his name? Fieldy uh, and uh, Monkey Brian, and Brian, Brian Head. Head Welch. He lives yeah. here in Nashville. Yeah, I've seen I've seen around town. I don't know him. I have friends that know him. Everyone says he's a sweetheart. I, I'm sure he is. Did I ever tell you about the uh, last year when we were doing a bunch of TV for Rodney? We did the okay. Mike Huckabee show. I may not have talked about this because. I didn't necessarily want people to know that I was on the fucking Mike Huckabee show because <laughs> they filmed that here in town. Oh, that's and, here. Yeah, that's here. Oh, it's in Henderson. Oh, wow. It's in Hendersonville of all places. Uh, so, I, I, yeah. So we go out there, right? And we have our tune we're doing. And it, it was nice. I will say uh, it was, it was like being at NBC. I mean, it was like being in New York. It was a nice television studio. Uh, we were treated professionally. There was a great crew, but the other guest on that night was Brian Welch because he's like really religious now. He is, yeah. And he wrote like a book, I guess, about getting be, becoming religious. And on that same episode, dude, that we played our country ballad, he played a corn song called "Faith" instrumentally while Mike Huckabee played bass. <laughs> what? That's weird. <laughs> that is super weird I, i'm telling you man we were in the dress you know like you're in these dressing rooms and you can see what's happening you know on the right on yeah. the show that they're taping and we were just like what fucking twilight zone episode are we in dude they're playing a corn song with mike huckabee and on bass and mike huckabee's playing bass on the song faith oh my in gosh. front of a live studio audience of old conservative people in hendersonville tennessee that's so weird to me like yeah. it's one thing if like i that's I, pretty uh, funny I post a video on Instagram of me playing like a, a Reliant K song that I, tr- that I actually recorded on. And it's just, Hey, here's the drum part. Here you go. But if I was like doing my solo stuff on some TV show and they're like, Hey, can you play a Reliant K song? Or 
a supertone song or whatever. One of my old bands. Can you play an old Reliant K song and Ted Cruz is going to play Penny Whistle on it? Uh, Ted Cruz is actually a sick melodic. <laughs> Sean Hannity is going to bring out the hurdy gurdy. <laughs> <laughs> what if Sean Hannity was the most amazing hurdy gurdy player? Dude, what if it was Sean Hannity who ought, who is the real man behind Low Man's lyric? But he has like a, he has like a pseudonym. Yeah, totally. Dude, holy shit. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you, Drew, for the email and for the encouragement to uh, reinvestigate corn. I will do it now. You guys all make a promise to me that if you've written Billie Eilish off as some you know flavor of the week sort of uh, empty pop act. I would encourage you guys to check her album out too, because she's definitely oh, yeah. not that. All right, moving on. Anthony Broom writes, Hey, Ethan and Clint, I'm an avid podcast listener and podcaster myself that loves Metallica more than I love many of my family members. Despite this, I never even had thought of the possibility there'd be a podcast dedicated to the band. The only channel or outlets I've ever been familiar with are Andre, Andre on YouTube and some of the remaster accounts that put out songs under different albums, tones, like people who re-recorded St. Anger, and et cetera. Right. Et cetera. Um, sorry, excuse me. I'm having a cocktail here. Are you having a cocktail, by the way? Yeah. Um, well, it's, I mean, it's, you're wearing a Hawaiian shirt, bro. It's almost done. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I got, a, I got a, little, a little V&T, vodka tonic. So, I wanted to mention real quick, take a pause in, in uh, Anthony's email. He mentions that he didn't know there were any Metallica podcasts. So I just wanted to give a shout out to all the ones uh, that are, are rolling on concurrent to ours. There's Metallicast with Brandon, mm-hmm. Metallichat with Steven and Remy. Of course, we've got Alpha Metallica with Tom Quee. Uh, Brian Downey is doing, or Ryan Downey rather, Ryan is Downey. doing, uh, is it Brian or Ryan? Ryan Downey. Okay, He's Ryan speaking Downey. Speak and Destroy. Speak and Destroy. And then there's a new one with our friend uh, Shane Obershaw called, uh, in pod, I think it's called in Podcast for All. Okay. So, um, there's a lot of sauce out there. And then there's this dude he's mentioning on YouTube who I, I recognize. I think he, this dude is a musician on YouTube. So he does like kind of a more, he does, he's similar to us. I think where he does, um, he does deep dives into the song, into each individual song, but as a musician. Yeah, that's awesome. So there's just a lot of really cool, um, other Metallica podcasts to listen to. We we're friends with, with most of these people and, and obviously recommend them. So he goes on writing and going down a rabbit hole earlier this week, I discovered you guys right off the bat and I fucking love the show. I don't really oh know God. anybody who talks about the band the way you guys do and puts into words how I feel about them. You guys kick butt. He wrote a profanity word, but I'm going to replace that. I'm going to choose to not say his profanity word and just say, you guys kick butt. And after jumping into the fire around your back episodes, I'm starting from the very beginning and cycling through. He means like on a bicycle. He's like on actually not even a bicycle. He's on a unicycle. He's on a unicycle going through our episodes. He's under a huge circus tent. Right. And he's on a unicycle and and all you, it's hard for him to hear what we're saying about Metallica over the the smell of sawdust and the calliopes and all that. So Mm -hmm. hopefully he can make some sense of what we're saying. He goes on to say, I'm a sports writer by day, but just got into my own personal project and email newsletter. My first attempt at writing about the band was combining the songs from Load and Reload into one album. It was such a cool exercise. I'm looking forward to catching up on the several hours of content, several hundred hours of content, bro, uh, (laughs) that you guys have put out. And I can already feel the gears turning for more content ideas on my own end. Anyways, just wanted to reach out and say hello. You have a fan here and I'm pumped to have discovered the show. That's so cool, dude. That's awesome. Um, Anthony. Anthony Broom. Awesome, man. So a sports writer. All right. Well, let's talk about some Michael Jordan. I was about to say two takeaways from this email is A, <laughs> you and Clint need to be emailing about Michael Jordan and The Last Dance, which is now Netflix, by the way. So if that's you, right. If you, that's right. If you have not watched that yet, because maybe you don't have on demand, ESPN, whatever, it is currently on Netflix and it is fantastic. 
fantastic. I really can't recommend it highly enough. And and it's it's almost similar. And this isn't me just trying to tra- trace some like weird invisible thread to Metallica, but it's similar to the documentary Some Kind of Monster in that you don't have to know a lot about heavy metal or who invented thrash or Metallica or anything. Uh, the, the way that Some Kind of Monster is almost a universal story about right. the rise and fall of just a great a great group, a great team. Uh, save the or, save the last dance, <laughs> not save, save by the, the last dance, or save by the bell. But the last dance is is truly like sort of a universal story. You don't have to know a lot about the NBA or Michael Jordan's history or the Chicago Bull. You, I mean, wouldn't you agree? You don't really have to know. Absolutely, you don't yeah. really have to be a big basketball or sports person to get tapped into what's really cool about the the doc. My buddy came by today, and uh, we were talking about the last dance. And he, had, he he's a big basketball fan uh, and sports fan in general, but uh, he hasn't watched the, the series yet. And all I told him was the whole story about uh, Dennis Rodman kind of going on a bender with Carmen Electra to Vegas mm-hmm. and being somewhat unresponsive to the rest of the team and Michael Jordan flying to Las Vegas. Yeah. Picking his ass up and dragging him back to Chicago. But the but the the yeah, the and the um the subtext of that is that this is Michael Jordan in his heyday. Okay. This yeah. is a guy who's already got three or four rings and he's Michael Jordan. The the subtext of him flying to Vegas to get Dennis out of bed is really about how valuable Dennis was to the team. Yes. Because anyone else would have been fucking fired. And even if they weren't going to get fired, and Phil Jackson, the head coach, is like, look, we can't fire him. He's on a bender. We're not firing him. Michael Jordan's not flying to Vegas to get them out of bed. Michael Jordan? Totally. the One of the most famous people on the that, planet? That, that whole part of the documentary shows that he was that important to the team. Yeah. And he, he had just, to come back. Yeah. That he, he, you know... He told he told Phil Jackson he wanted to go on a vacation. Phil Jackson's like, dude, this is the NBA. We don't do that. And Jordan goes, do dude, that. if anyone needs a fucking vacation, it's me. <laughs> totally. Robin's like, I gotta go, dude. And they were like, all right, go. If that's what you got to do, they kind of just got it. And he missed games. Yeah. And then crazy. you then you hear a and Carmen Electra, who at the time one of the most desirable women on the planet, is hiding yeah. under the covers. Yeah. Michael and Michael Jordan Jordan's saying, Dennis, get your ass out of bed and come come back to fucking Chicago, dude. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's great. You guys have to watch it. I mean, really, like like Clint said, you don't have to be a huge fan of basketball or sports in general to really appreciate the story and the work ethic and the genius of Michael Jordan. But you have to know who invented thrash. Of course. Michael Jordan did, of course. All right. One more email and then we'll get out of here. Last email is from Sean Morley. He says, guys, guys, I know pandemic and all. When will you be doing another batch of merch, particularly patches and t-shirts? My new battle vest is looking balder than Lars. Ooh, burn face. 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 We will eventually. Uh, Yeah, this is a weird time and we haven't, we haven't done patches in a long time, but yeah, we we haven't. Well, I'll reach out to, uh, who's our, is it Tom? Who's our homie over at 85 supply? Trevor. Trevor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll reach out. I mean, here's the deal, man. I'm not really wanting to go to the post office. I'm not wanting to do anything I don't have to do. Right. Uh, Not not in a lazy way. I'm not wanting to go anywhere that I don't have to go in terms of keeping me and my family safe from contracting the virus. Of course, yeah. So as much as I want you guys out there with Metal Up Your Podcast patches and shirts and Speedos 
and who knows who all sorts of all sorts of strange kinky paraphernalia okay the possibilities are endless the possibilities are cannot be counted they're innumerable innumerable possibilities of g-strings they're innumerable like the literally like the fucking moles in my backyard we have a mole <laughs> problem for real oh shoot yeah our backyard is just fucking ridden with moles <laughs> uh I, th- there's a good video that could be made in your backyard, your backyard right now regarding moles. <laughs> I just want Maybe them some to extra end- content for our patrons. I just want them to end their lives as moles and their lives in your backyard. Well, Sean, I, de- I, you know, dude, look, I definitely appreciate that you want some MUYP merch. I want you to have it, and we will definitely be looking into that soon. I'm gonna send a, uh, I'm gonna send an email to Trevor this week and just get the ball rolling on what that might look like. Uh, with the t-shirts, it's kind of a different deal because we use Everpress and they do all the shipping themselves. So maybe it's time to do another uh, t-shirt campaign, Ethan. Well, I mean, that would be uh, obviously less contact, uh, less for me and Clint to go to a post office and ship these shirts out. Uh, they do it for us. So that would make more sense. The problem is when I go to the post office before I send the actual package that I'm there to send out or, or in the Metal Pre podcast scenario, it's multiple packages each week. Is I spend about 10 to 15 minutes licking the floor. Mm-hmm. It's just a habit of mine, and it's it's just one of the true things that I love, and I just can't do that at this time, right? Until there's a vaccine again, uh, licking, licking, you know, the hand the handrails and hand posts on New York subway trains, licking the floor of the post office, you know, uh, uh, taking a bobbing for apples in the in the local public urinals. <laughs> Until there's a vaccine, I just can't I can't do those things. So that's all. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Sean. We'll get on it. You can read it right into us. Metal up your podcast show at gmail.com. We love hearing from you and of course we're going to want to hear about these lists that we're going to get into so uh let's hear a quick commercial about patreon we'll be back in a second and we'll see you in the flip-flop we'll leave now goodbye the email Potter. Potter. You're really good at that. Hey everyone, this is Ethan and Clint. We're here to tell you about supporting the show via Patreon. That's right. Every week, Ethan and I work hard to bring you the best Metallica content possible. If you think the show has value, consider supporting us on a financial level at Patreon. For $5 a month, or the price of two cups of coffee, you can ensure that Metal Up Your Podcast continues to grow in quality and content. But that's not all. In addition to being able to help sleep at night for supporting your favorite podcast, we've also come up with incentives to say thank you that are exclusively available to patrons. For example, for a pledge of $5 or more, you immediately get free downloads of every cover our world black and ep ticket giveaways for shows like snm2 and slaying castle box sets rare vinyl metallica memorabilia like snm2 guitar picks email priority meaning we'll read your email first on the show the chance to ask guests like hailstorm jay weinberg of slipknot and metallica row crew your very own questions and the opportunity to come on the show as a guest for our metal tales bonus episodes in which you can tell us all about any Metallica show you've been to in the past. All this and more for becoming a patron and supporting Metal Up Your Podcast. We couldn't do this show without you, and to everyone on the ride with us, we sincerely thank you. Peace. Adios.
All right, well, here's how we're going to start this off. I figured that you could go first, and why don't you give us a quick rundown? Not a lot of, we don't need a lot of backstory, because here's what everyone did, because I know our listeners, they went back and listened to episode 16. They did. So they've just finished listening to episode 16. They've queued this right up. They've dialed it right up. So just go through your last 10. All right. And then I want to hear your your new top 10. And let's talk about what might have changed and why, why certain things might have moved around or might not have. Okay. And we'll start at number 10. I don't think these, I can't imagine these changed. So All right. take us on a journey. What was your first list? This was three years ago. Okay. This is April 3rd, 2017. My top 10 ranking Metallica albums were number 10, no surprise, St. Anger. Number nine, Load. Number eight, Reload. Number seven, Death Magnetic. Number six, Hardwired, which is interesting because that record was only a couple months old at this point. Right. Uh, number five, Kill 'Em All. Number four, Ride the Lightning. Number three, The Black Album. Number two, Injustice for All. And number one, Master of Puppets. I hate how low Load and Reload are on your list. I think well, I, I don't. I haven't listened to that episode, but I imagine I hated it then, and I hate it now. <laughs> you probably did, and yeah, it, it is a bummer, and I, I'm ashamed to say that was my list back then. However. The tides have turned. Well, let's say this too, and I'm sure we said this in that past episode. They have an amazing discography. Yes. So there's the one. There's the one guy. There's the one problem child. But after the problem child, and I know you feel this way, Ethan. Yeah. I legitimately not only like but love all nine of their other records. Yes, me too. There's not a single other one that I'm like, ah, they just didn't. They didn't do it. They they have almost a flawless discography. Agreed. Yes. So. Keep in mind out there, if people are getting outraged, hopefully they're not. Hopefully they're just having fun because this is all done in the spirit of fun. Yeah, of course. Uh, just keep in mind that some of these have to be last. They can't all be number one. Of course. Honey, We're number one. They can't all be Michael Jordan. They can't. Only Michael Jordan can be Michael Jordan. Listen, Lucius and Valentino can't both be number one. It changes sometimes. I, well, I tell them, I tell well, I say, Lucius, you know this, you're number one. You'll always be number one. But Valentino, you're number one. You're number one B. Lucius is 1A, Valentino's 1B, honey, please. That's right. It's like a duplex. It's like a duplex where me and Joyce live in Yonkers. That's right. But in Michael Jordan's duplex, he owns both sides. He's Michael Jordan A, and he's Michael Jordan B. He owns the whole complex, honey, please. All right. So let's. So after St. Anger, let's hear your nine through one. And play along at home, folks. Or is St. Anger number 10? Just oh. kidding. It is. Oh, shit. Have of you course. really so, had yes. me... Uh, no, no, for a no, second. no, no, Listen, I, listen, I, I really, tr I really tried hard. Uh, we've been camped out in San Anger World. I was, I was really hoping that something would stand off that record that would be like, you know what? Maybe I will put that above something else, but I just can't do it. Yeah. So, in my uh, humble opinion, uh, San Anger is number ten. All right. Uh, here's uh, mine has changed quite a bit. So okay, already changed here. Number nine, kill them all. Wow. So that that was number five for you. It was, yeah, it was number five for me before. So I know it's, we just celebrated the 37th anniversary of Kill 'em All. Yeah, I bad, to bad timing for that to lose four spots. Terrible Happy birthday, timing. by the way. You're after St. Anger. But a lot of my list has to do with the fact that I've been wearing out a lot of these other records in general. You know what I mean? So, well, I should, yeah, I should have said that too. So part of the criteria for this particular list isn't like greatest of all time, um, it's just where we're at. Right. Totally. It, it, it's really more of just a snapshot of kind of our current fandom. A absolutely. Yeah. So this isn't like, you know, the <laughs> aliens have visited and they want to understand what this Metallica is all about. What are the <laughs> albums you give them in the order? That might be a different list. I mean, you probably give them black album first, you know, or puppets first. Right. This is a different list. This is kind of 
more about how has doing the podcast uh, augmented our fandom. And one might even say warped. I don't know. Maybe warped. I, I would I would say that a lot of what my top 10 is kind of reflects maybe the last, I don't know, maybe maybe four to six months of uh, listening to music, especially, you know, during the quarantine time where I have, we haven't traveled anywhere. Yeah. Um, I mean, the furthest I've traveled is, is Hendersonville, 20 minutes north to help my sister out with a few things, but that's about it. Right. You didn't, um, you didn't go up there to go to the Mike Huckabee show to see Mike Huckabee slap at a bass on corn songs? because that's where he's doing it a boy can dream (laughs) one day i'll get there well fascinating all right we got kill them all number nine so kill them all yeah so that's number nine uh number eight so this this uh this has moved up a notch load okay and i know that sounds crazy you uh, maybe you were hoping that would be uh, higher on the list but uh it, it went up a notch i still i love this record way more than i ever have that's good um I really do. I, it, it, it almost pained me a little bit to put it at number eight. I already, I already like your list though, because I'm just imagining the butthurt Twitter people that are like, he put kill them all lower than load. <laughs> I mean, it just turned 37. Come so on. your list already makes me happy. Not because I don't like kill them all. I fucking love kill them all, but of course everyone knows where I stand on this. All right. This cool. is also, it's, it's also tough to like, again, like you said earlier, like, okay, number 10 for both of us is going to be St. Anger. I'm sure. Yeah. It, it, it's tough to order maybe not all of the top nine but a, a few of them it's just tough it's hard so, too because they're not a band like kiss for example i hate to throw them under the bus I'm, what you know everyone knows that i love kiss but do they have like 20 albums so yeah. it, the same five are going to be at the top right but the, the remaining 15 are going to be really interesting right uh but just because there's so many with with metallica they've got 10 nine of which are just some of the best albums ever made. Yeah, totally. So it, that's just, they're, they're duking it out at such a high level. They absolutely are. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, so number seven has actually dropped. Uh, let's see. It's dropped one for me. And uh, number seven now is Hardwired. Hardwired's gone down the list. Yep. Okay. What do you think that is? It's nothing against the record. I still think Hardwired is an amazing album. You know, I still listen to it fairly often, uh, especially on the turntable. Uh, there's just other stuff in their catalog that I've just been jamming way more in the last few months and that i've been more excited about you know i mean hardwired came out at a time right when the podcast started so we were very fresh in that record not to the point where it was overkill where i I heard too much of that record but uh i mean we dipped into that a lot and i listened to that record so much that i've i've actually kind of taken a break from it um I'll throw it on here and there, but I've taken a bit of a break from it just because it's still such a new record and I dipped in so much in the deep end. But you'd rather listen to Hardwired than Load, just currently? Currently, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, talk to me tomorrow, I might change. (laughs) No, no way. I only talk to you once a week. (laughs) Okay, moving along. I like it. I love it. I want, I want some, some more, more of, it. of it. All right. Number six, this uh, moved up a slot. Uh, number six is death magnetic. Okay. Uh, this is one. So I, I, in the last few months ha- had acquired the death magnetic vinyl to, uh, from a gracious fan who I'm sorry, off the top of my head. I can't remember who sent it to me. <laughs> I'm sorry, but, uh, this was gifted to me and I was very, very, very grateful. And, uh, so I've been spending more time with death Man- magnetic on vinyl and, in general, any record that I listen to, I'm sure you're probably the same way. Uh, there's a different experience listening to a record on vinyl than there is on your phone or on Spotify, on even on CD. Uh, there's more of a commitment. You have to really, you know, the needle goes down. 
and if you want to change the song you can but you got to get over there and get the needle just right but uh i've been putting on death magnetic on vinyl and a it sounds better than the original mastering uh it's mastered differently for vinyl in most cases for most artists and uh i just i think it sounds great on vinyl i I, it's it's a different experience than what i originally bought on you know mp3 format Hmm. okay i'm with you i'm digging it love it now this one jumped up quite a few slots number five is reload well look at you i'm feeling much better about this okay well so that jumped up from number eight yeah from number eight to number five so for me uh we've talked about in the past uh of the two loads uh, reload is 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 my favorite load has got some great stuff of course but uh yeah reload is just i just i love it it's a solid record um and really, I mean, I, I attribute it to this podcast that I've dove in so deep into the loads. So when I went on my tangent earlier about how we, this podcast is responsible for people's spiritual re- reevaluation of reload, I was talking about you, bro. You know what? I had, I had a feeling. We did it to ourselves. We did it. Yeah. Here we are. Now, I mean, shoot, I mean, reload is halfway up the list. Number five. Yeah. You got reload over kill them all, dude. That's also going to upset some people. I know it will. I'm so sorry. But yeah, Let this, is just, this, is, this is right now. This is in, in the recent times. This is when you're wearing that Hawaiian shirt. This is like the only, this is the list when you wear that shirt. This is the list where I say, you know what? Let's go to fucking reload. <laughs> that's what I good. say. Yeah, that's good. I like that. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's see. Number four. Uh, this one actually stays the same. Ride lightning. Okay. It's hard for me to not put Ride Lightning in the top five. That would be weird, I think. I agree. That's even where, like, if someone didn't have Lightning in the top five, I think I would be offended. And I'm so not even into being offended about people's musical opinions, but I think that would offend me. Right. Like, even if you had St. Anger at number one, which I wouldn't even be offended by, I would just think that was completely Looney Tunes. (laughs) But if I'd be offended, truly, if Lightning wasn't in the top five. Yeah. Because it's only eight songs, but it's... It's just pound for pound. Some like it's like their best track list. Just the power with all the all the classics. Yeah, totally, man. I'm with you. All right. Uh, okay. It, it's just great. Okay. My, um, my studio cat is begging for my attention right now. I think she wishes you were here. By the way, she literally her paws go up on the side of my chair and she taps my arm like, "Hey, hey, hey, are you busy?" The cat went meow, and you fed it into a, sort of a futuristic Demolition Man future, even though that was 1997. Uh, you know, cat translator. Exactly. And the meow and the meow turns into Exactly. Yeah. I'm just you get it. I'm just telling it. it like it is, bro. I'm just telling the fucking yeah. truth. And all of a sudden like some detuned uh springy bass comes in and then all of a sudden here's Mike Huckabee on the bass. <laughs> Shit. All right, so it looks like it looks like in terms of what's left your top three albums is the same top three, but I don't know if the order's changed. Uh, the order is very slightly changed, and the, and here comes the change right here. Okay. So I normally had uh, Justice at number two. I actually put it down to number three. Gotcha. Which is crazy, because my favorite Metallica song of all time is Blackened. Right. Not right now, but all time. Right, 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 um, right, right, right. It dropped only because, uh, man, I have actually been wearing out the Black album. Yeah, you have been doing that. I've, I've I've followed that closely over the investigation of the podcast, and I have noticed you mentioning quite a lot that you have been, how should I say, uh, listening to the Black Album. Well, thank you, Inspector Gadget, and uh, I will <laughs> confirm that I have been wearing out this Black Album. Man, it's just one of those records that, because it was so huge and because certain songs were quote-unquote overplayed, whatever you want to call it, 
you know, a lot of people took a break from that record for a long time. You know, you go see him live. They play Inner Sandman, The Unforgiven, wherever I'm in Rome, whatever. It's like when you roam. Again, I'm going back to the vinyl thing, man. I, I, I'm telling you, there, there is this, there's this different experience when you listen to a vinyl record as opposed to Spotify or whatever. You know, it's like, it, it's such instant gratification on a streaming platform. But when you put on a record, there's a commitment that you're, you're invested. It's like, I've got a routine in the morning where like I get up, my wife's at work, take care of the dogs, feed them, make my breakfast. And the whole time I got a record plan and I probably go through three or four records every morning before I get down to the studio or do whatever I have to do for the day and put it on the black album. It's just a different experience for me, man. I, I hear the record differently when I listen to it on vinyl. Do you? Okay. Let me ask you a question. Do you skip Inner Sandman? Do you, do you drop the needle on Sabbath True? I do not. Wow, love it. I listen to it I, pound for pound, man, all the way through. What is the, I mean, I have it on vinyl. I haven't listened to it in a while. What is, um, what's the end of side A? Is it, is it Rome? It's Rome, then going into, uh, uh, th- is it through the never? Oh boy, the police are coming. I hear a siren. Dude, I'm hearing the siren right now. I'm hearing a siren. <laughs> it's, it's the metal police. I uh, know it's, it's Rome and it don't tread on me. Oh, don't tread on me. Okay, cool. Wow, man, we, we got away just in time, dude. The metal police are right there, bro. <laughs> They're right there, dude. All right, cool. I, I feel you on that, dude. I feel you on that. I, I think yeah, that's so, cool because the Black Album is such like a, a kind of an uncool answer for that, like to have so high on the list. But I do feel like as time goes on, it's 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 such a logical top spot album. To me, it, it is a nearly flawless record. And I, and I don't care if you're like, well, it's not thrash or this, whatever. I don't care. Oh my God. As far as, as far as a well-written record, well-recorded record, well-produced record, well-mixed record, all the above. Right. That, that's what it is. And it took Metallica from being a pretty damn big band to being one of the biggest bands in the damn world. Yeah, no doubt. And, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. And, and, and that, even though I got into them on, on justice, I mean, the black album, I mean, shoot, I was in junior high when that came out and it, it changed my life as a guitar player. I mean, more so than justice by a long shot, the black album was where like, because the riffs were simpler and, uh, you know, not as thrashing and fast, all of a sudden, like, oh my God, I can play way more Metallica songs than I used to be able to. And that was huge for me as a guitar player. It's so cool, too, that like after making an album like Puppets, let alone, we're going to sort of, just for the sake of this argument, sort of hop over Justice. But Puppets, in some ways, is like a, a bigger or more iconic album. It's the one in the Library of Congress, of course. It sure. has the song Master of Puppets, which, which might be the greatest metal song of all time. It's, it's like, it's close to, although one is also a masterpiece, but um, right. get, getting ahead of myself here, but... I feel like in a normal trajectory of even a successful band, Puppets would be their biggest album. Yeah. They like, whatever they accomplish on Puppets, they would like be reaching for forever. They would never do that again. It's so crazy that they had a Puppets and then had a Black Album. I know, man. That's crazy. Like those kinds of peaks only happen in the greatest bands of all time. It's like Pink Floyd did Dark Side of the Moon in 1973, but then they did The Wall in 79. Yeah. Uh, U2 did uh, uh, the Joshua Tree in 87, but then they did Octune Baby in 91. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, few totally, bands, few bands, few bands way late in their career like that after they've already accomplished so much shit. Not that 86 was late. I just mean, you know, three albums in, they made Puppets, but then five albums in, they made the Black Album. Yeah, man, it's crazy. It's like, it's like, it's like ACDC making Highway 
to hell and then making back in black i know man but speaking of that that just turned 40 the same day as uh kill them all yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's four right. years old i mean it, it's insane though yeah they, it, highway to hell is an amazing classic hdc record yeah then bon scott dies while they're writing songs for back in black they, those it, that's in the London. other crazy thing about those two is that they came out back to back yeah 79 and, and then yeah mutt lang produced both of those and the next record and uh yeah, it's just insane. Like that, something like that can come in and like that and make an impact the way it did. Um, do you think this is a quick little side question? By the way, of course, we all know my number one is Master of Puppets. That yeah, has yeah, not yeah. changed. So I didn't change. Cool. Got um, it. Do you think that Master of Puppets gained a bit of notoriety and uh, maybe classic status because the Black Album thrusted the band even further into that? Uh, you know, massive band world. It, it Good question. Br- br- brought it more attention. Maybe, maybe made it, made it sell more records and stuff like that. Yeah, it definitely, well, it definitely did that. I mean, I, I think there's somewhere an interview with Cliff Bernstein where he talks about, you know, every time we have another hit, whatever it is, like a hit song on the radio or a hit record, the back catalog spikes because, right, you know, yeah. people are getting excited about their other shit. And then the, the thing about the Black Album, at least in terms of exposure to puppets, like retroactive exposure, is it's just the simple fact that they gained new fans. Yeah. There are people who never heard Master Puppets, who never saw the Aussie tour, who maybe saw the one video, but it came on late at night and maybe it creeped them out. Those people heard Inner Sandman on mainstream radio and were like, yeah. oh, cool. And then they bought, t- you know, Metallica was the biggest band in the world in 1991. And then they went to see the gig and then that's when they probably heard master of puppets or heard battery. Right. And they're like, what album is that song on? And then I I would, I would guess honestly that the most bought album after the black album, when people kind of became fans would have been master of puppets. I mean, that was the second one I bought after justice, maybe justice because it was the one right before. And because one was on MTV, but I would, I would guess it would be master of puppets because the, the cover so iconic master puppets the song is so iconic i guess those would be the biggest draws of that album yeah if you if you kind of didn't know if you already didn't know how badass battery was or the thing that should not be your disposable heroes or damage ink mm-hmm. maybe maybe orion would be like oh they had this great bass player and orion's kind of his swan song that might be a thing but sure i don't think people are like oh yeah what's the one with leper messiah on it <laughs> you know what's that record it's the song master of puppets you know yeah man, one of their greatest totally. songs Absolutely. In terms of it getting more notoriety or more like acclaim because of the Black Album, I don't know. That's hard to say because I think they'd already accomplished that. They accomplished that, yeah. But I, I, I guess maybe what probably happened, like what you're saying with Cliff Bernstein said, where there was just there was more attention to it, yeah. more record sales, you know. Because I don't think you had to be a fan of Metallica in 1986 to have a song like Master of Puppets become your favorite song or impact you that way. Because I surely wasn't a Metallica fan in 86. Yeah. I had no idea who they were right. until late 80s when I saw the one video. Exactly. You know? And and really, my fandom didn't really, I would say, fully start where I was like obsessed until the Black Album. Same. Um, but, I, but when I heard Puppets for the first time, I bought that on, on CD when they were still in the long box thing. Uh, hearing Master of Puppets right away, I was like, oh my God, what is this? So Puppets for you, I mean, I'm sure we talked about this on the episode. I'm going to try not to say that too many more times. I'm sure we talked about this on episode <laughs> 16. So what is it about the album that like enduringly for you is just number one? What is it about it these year, all these years later? To me, there, there, there is such a diverse sound on this record. Uh, or maybe, a, I'm sorry, a diverse style. There's stuff on there that still to this day I can't play. Like what? What would that be? Like, like Battery. Right. Like I can pl- I can play parts of battery, but like the verse 
that galloping thing that that is hard cue the uh, listeners who are like they can't even play battery <laughs> uh, that's easy i can play that no that's a t- that's a tough riff man that, yeah, that yeah. is really hard like sure. it's a riff it's a wrist burner for sure yeah but you have songs like master of puppets that you know when i was younger learning how to play metal and play downstrokes and stuff like that uh that was one of the first songs that in sanitarium where i was like okay like i can kind of get through this whole thing right you know um you know outside of the black album of course but uh yeah, that, that, to me, there's just there. There's such. It was almost like they knew their future or something because there's there's stuff on Master of Puppets to me that could have been on the Black Album or maybe Hardwired or whatever. That um, it to me like we've 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 kind of you know talked about Hardwired being a bit of a, a sonically a career spanning album stylistically, mm-hmm. but I think I think they did that back on Puppets, man. I think they they still have the thrash stuff, you know, um, from what they've been doing since the early eighties. Then they have the doomy, the doomy thing that should not be doomy stuff, ballad stuff, kind of the psychedelic Orion stuff. Yeah. And there's, and there's beautiful, you know, almost symphonic stuff with Orion and the, like the intro to damage Inc. Yeah. I mean, to me, this, this to me was like a step above your average thrash record. You know, I know we kind of, kind of dogged rain and blood a few weeks ago but to me you can't i mean they're they're incomparable man like, okay so what do you think about it against uh what is it peace cells peace cells i think peace cells is a really good record but um and there's amazing guitar work there but again the the main thing i always come back to with metallica is that they're just better songwriters yeah. james is a better songwriter than dave mustaine than carrie king or whoever's writing all the lyrics in that band and better than anthrax yeah they're, they just are and i love all those bands yeah yeah, yeah. right but they're just they're just they're not only are they better songs they're better arrangements they're better parts there's better solos better riffs for the most part better production you know especially with puppets i mean I just I, I can't see how anybody would be like eh, that record's whatever, but you know, Rain and Blood is <laughs> Master of Puppets is whatever. Yeah, I think you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I, I can't I agree. see that. I totally agree, and and I obviously have less allegiance to those other bands that you mentioned, but um, right. I think it's also possible to admit what we're saying, which I I kind of feel is just indisputable, even though of course it's subjective, but. It's okay to admit it and also still love those other bands and love those other albums. Yeah. It's you know, it's like Dave Ellison himself, the bass player of Megadeth, said, "There's a reason that they're." number one and they're so far above kind of what the he even said that about the big four you know he did yeah he said that he said there's a three of us and then there's metallica yeah and he's you know he's right that's all it's no big deal yeah and, and listen this is just this is just factual this is just how it is Look, it's you not could, like you put it in a lab you put it in a te- you put it in a tube you measure yeah. it you, you measure the carbon half-life of it this is what comes out this right. is what comes out of the other end bro yeah <laughs> absolutely honey please I mean, i'm just listen, kidding i've been in a lab before well, interesting. Let's get, so, your, let's get to your top 10, man. I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to hear yours. All right. Well, let me refresh everyone's memory. Those of you who haven't listened to episode 16. Now, was episode 16, were, were we remote? Were we on the road? How did it sound? According to according to the description, uh, you had some audio issues with your computer. So I think you were just going through your phone or something. Or maybe so the audio computer. sucks, right? Uh, it, it it just sounds like speakerphone. Uh, you right. can hear my mic like normal, and it sounds like maybe your interface was doing something weird, and you were just talking through your uh, computer microphone. I think I was on the road, and I had some sort you of were, like yeah. shitty, shitty like USB mic that wasn't working. And right, you, you yeah, you were definitely on the road. I was home here at HQ One. Okay, uh, so yeah, it doesn't sound amazing, but I mean, it's not like your voice is distorted. It just sounds a little different. Gotcha, gotcha. How was the how was the brief walk down memory lane for you? It was weird. Uh, that was back when we were reading like fifty five emails a show. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I think I did my top ten first. Oh no, your, yours was first on the episode. And by the time we got into the top ten, it was already forty minutes in. 
and that's true the, of this episode too though it is but we we went into more than just we weren't doing news back then we weren't talking about socials that much no patreon that much it was literally mostly emails for like 35 minutes right right <laughs> you know but it was still fun it was fun to listen to that stuff and and you know a little little uh, chunk of our uh, our podcasting history right Okay, cool. Well, okay, so to catch everyone up to speed on my list from three years ago, from April of 2017, number 10 was San Anger, number 9, Death Magnetic, number 8, Kill em All, number 7, Hardwired, number 6, Puppets, number 5, Load, number 4, The Black Album, number 3, Reload, number 2, Justice, and number 1, Rides the Lightning. Rides the Lightning, which is Which has long been my favorite Metallica album. So. Okay. To get into what might be different, so here's Clint in July of 2020 wearing Michael jo- wearing a Michael Jordan <laughs> costume. Here we are. Uh, number 10 is St. Anger. Yeah, I thought about it. I thought like, man, you know, because I'm probably as open to the album as I've ever been. I'm probably, sure, of course. Because I, I know it so well now. I, I firmly understand how important it was and how it fits into the story. Mm-hmm. And there's even sonically moments of the album I sincerely like. If Dirty Window yeah. comes on in my car, I'm turning it up. No fucking oh, doubt. Hitting the gas pedal. Same with My World. Of course, you know, the, these new acoustic versions of All Within My Hands is dope. And so anyway, all that stuff. But I couldn't find a way for it to go below any of the other nine albums. I just couldn't, right. f- couldn't figure it out. Hey man, I'm with you. I hear you. So let's just get that out of the way. Number nine, kind of a bummer. Hardwired. Okay. So that's that's down from from seven. I just don't listen to it. It doesn't occur to me to listen to it. And I think that is because it's not because I don't think it's good. I think Hardwired kicks ass. Sure. Um, and then we ha- you know we have a hundred hours of us talking about how much we love that album. I think Moth yeah. in the Flame is an instant classic. I think it can sit right in between Creeping Death and Master of Puppets and hold its own as a song, as a song. Of course. I also think Spit Out the Bone is extremely high quality. Halo and Fire is extremely high quality. And then like a lot of uh, their stuff, I like the, the deeper cuts. I, I like Am I Savage? I like Here Comes Revenge. Yeah. So I like Now That We're Dead, if we could call that a deep cut. But I just, yeah, I couldn't find a way to get it lower. I just really couldn't figure it out. So That's okay. But we've, That's- but we've been on the cycle it's been three years of hardwire it has yeah i, I kind of i think made you know a, a bit of the point earlier that yeah we, we we've been invested in hardwired since it came out i mean that's the newest metallica record so i've listened to that more than most metallica records in the last couple of years and it's tough too because it's once the newness wears off then okay now the the honeymoon phase is over now mm-hmm. it's got to hold its own with records we've loved for 20 years exactly and yeah. so in, in that way it's almost not even fair right yeah and to I that, enc- go ahead. I was going to say, I would encourage encourage listeners that if maybe you feel a bit burnt out on Hardwired or the honeymoon you know, phase is worn off, as Clint said, uh, just take a break from it for like a month or two. Yeah. Just don't listen to it at all. And then one day, just throw it on the turntable, throw it on whatever you're listening to uh, and put it back on. And, and that 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 excitement will come back, man. It, it really yeah. does. And, and it, but it's just for me, it's like, here's songs that if someone was like, you can't listen to these songs for a long time. Uh, hardwired atlas rise confusion murder one i'd be like that's fine no problem i'm cool yeah i I did i did in my litany of songs i really love on that album i did leave off dream no more which i truly love great so and you know i love that i love that this stage of the game they added another song into that that wonderful doom list of Mm -hmm. thingy sabbat true devil's dance dream no more these heavy heavy 
tunes you know i love that they were able to and it's part of the the uh the uh, uh cthulhu mythos like the hp lovecraft right. thing that, so it fits in with thing that should not be and all nightmare long and call it cthulhu, cthulhu so I, th- I think i'm like talking myself in the making it <laughs> higher but it did it, it, it this is when i sat down to think about this today it, it went to number nine so there it is number yeah. nine okay. number nine number nine number eight i had to go kill them all okay so that did not change yeah that didn't i guess Same that didn't before, change yeah. did it yeah yeah but i will say dude i played the album as i mentioned at the top of the show and i loved it i really loved it of course yeah. and the song that really poked out to me the most was do two songs i was i thought about you when this happened to me okay the first one was no remorse where i was like damn this is like my favorite song on the album right now. And then a song that I have for years talked about not liking, Metal Militia. Yeah. Uh, Metal Militia came on and I was like, whoa, I, I like this song. And then it came, it went off and I moved the needle and, and played it again louder. Yeah, you did. That's awesome. So I, I don't know what that means. I was kind of in a kill them all mood because it was the it was the birthday and I was excited and it, it was just fun to listen to that energy, you know? Of course, yeah. But dude, I, I mean, on Metal Militia, when that first B flat comes in, da-da, like that's so exciting to me yeah i agree i agree i I kind of had a feeling of like why haven't i liked this before like i've been really missing out so that was it's exciting to like at this stage of my fandom to still have a feeling like that like oh shit this is happening to me because you kind of can't control some of these things of course yeah there's there's definitely definitely times where metallica songs or really any band but specifically metallica right now where a, a, a deep cut will come on when I'm listening to a record, and all of a sudden I'm like, you know what? I don't listen to this song enough. Damn, this song is good. Now, number seven for me, this is kind of a bummer. I recognize this. It's okay. it's it's moved lower than it was on my first list. I, for number seven, I put Master of Puppets. Oh my gosh, went down a notch. It went down. The great Master of Puppets that I Interesting. love. Interesting. <laughs> wow. I really love it a lot. Of course. There's yeah, actually not anything on it that I don't like. Uh, I would put Sanitarium kind of at the bottom of my list of ballads. I would put Leper Messiah at the bottom of my list of deep cuts. Mm-hmm. But love those two songs. Yeah, you know, they're still you, great songs. You were with me in Birmingham when they, they played it. It's like I sang yeah. every word of it. Uh, oh, yeah. I absolutely fucking love it. So I, I was just sitting down thinking, what are the albums I want to listen to? Like, if I can't have this one, what's going to be the next one on the list? And that's where right. that's how Puppets ended up where it did interesting okay okay but i just want everyone out there in metal up your podcast land to know that i (laughs) recognize and accept that that is criminally (laughs) low for such an amazing just classic metal album i get it did michael jordan text you to put it down a notch (laughs) and you're like yes sir sir yes sir no i mean i don't just do what mike says i thought you want to be like mike i'll be like mike why don't you have me out to fucking malibu and let's have some macanudos and uh, and and drink some of your tequila, and then we'll talk about Master Puppets, bro. We'll shoot some hoops and smoke some stogies. I don't know if I would shoot hoops with J- MJ, bro. Would you shoot hoops with Michael? I would, but I immediately would feel so much like an idiot because this is him, dude. This is him. He doesn't just shoot hoops. This is him after like two minutes of just shooting some hoops with you. He wants to play a game of one on one. He wanted one on one for a thousand bucks, and he, and he doesn't care that me and you were just musicians he doesn't care that i haven't played basketball in 20 years he still wants to do one-on-one <laughs> and he wants to put money on it he doesn't matter if it's 10 bucks or 100 bucks or a fucking hundred thousand yep. he didn't give a fuck he just wants to gamble and he wants to play one-on-one and then he will show no mercy yep absolutely although it might be kind of a privilege to be dunked on by michael that's what i was about to say was would not it not be an honor to be fucking schooled by michael who am jordan? i kidding dude if michael jordan was like you want to shoot hoops of course i'm shooting hoops with fucking mj yes. dude you're gonna destroy me in about 10 seconds 
Like I would be surprised if I could <laughs> if I if I could get one bucket on him. One, just one. It's just me crying on the court and just sobbing. Yeah. And he's just dribbling around you and launching over you off your back to do a bitch. Just literally flying over me. <laughs> yeah. Air Jordan, his airness. Uh, All right. So airness. an album that climbed up the list, which I was kind of pleased to see this today because I don't know if you felt this way, but it's almost like when I was writing my list, it was almost like I was seeing it for the first time. <laughs> like, yeah, I was kind of like a spectator of what my top list is. So number six for me is death magnetic, which was number nine. Wow. That jumped up quite a bit. It man. jumped up a lot, dude. I mean, at the time that we recorded episode 16, I had just, other than appreciating that it was a return to form, like people use that phrase all the time. People called St. Anger a quote unquote return to form, but Death Magnetic really was like a return to the speed, the complex songwriting, yeah. uh, just them being powerful metal legends. And Absolutely. I was so, I mean, I, I, I've talked about it before, but I was so disappointed in St. Anger at the time that I thought it might be, I thought it might be done with them altogether, bro. I didn't know if I could ever come back from yeah. that. So when Death Magnetic happened to, to all of us, and I wasn't like a lot of diehard fans at the time, I wasn't really keeping up with that. I'd sort of after St. Anger gotten off the ride. So mm -hmm. I remember uh, someone just being like, dude, you really need to get the new Metallica album. You're really going to like it. And I think I'd maybe heard Cyanide because they had played it, played it live. Yeah. So other than that excitement of, you know, the boys being back, I hadn't spent a lot of time with that album. And since the podcast, I have spent a lot of time with yeah, Death Magnetic. Man. Me too. I mean, and, you know, and, so. and I remember being especially excited. Like I, I was back on the ride with Metallica after after kind of the, the Saint Anger lull. Um, but I remember like hearing like, oh, the new Metallica single, "The Day That Never Comes," is coming out on this date. Yeah, and I remember like the, being, they had they they debuted the video, right? Yeah, and then like it, like the single was available on iTunes, and I downloaded it right away, and I was listening to it, and I was like, oh my god, I'm listening to a new Metallica song. This is insane. Yeah. You know, and at the time, I, I honestly like I kind of unknowingly ignored the production. Yeah, I think a lot I of people did. I didn't care. I was just like, this is the new Metallica record. Like, but here's the thing that that people may have forgotten about being in what is called now the loudness wars is that when we were in the loudness wars, we didn't know we were in the loudness wars because it right. was this creeping DB, creeping death, creeping death B, creeping, creeping B. death breath. It was like it was this sort of. Um, escalating things slowly on radio right. and on mp3s yeah. it wasn't like um it didn't it's not like it went from like a quiet sounding jackson brown song you know before the deluge to a brick wall mastering sitch in 2008 it's slowly right. it was like people just out out db'ing each other and then before we know it we're like why are we fucking exhaust like what's wrong it was like it took a minute to diagnose that problem i think everyone probably realized oh shit green day did this back in 2004 <laughs> American Idiot to me is still one of the loudest, but still most crisp, clean, not peaky sounding records in the 2000s. Who produced that album? Uh, Rob Cavallo, I think. Oh, Rob Cavallo did that? Yeah, pretty sure. Wow. He does. Uh, he did a Dave Matthews album. Let me see who, uh, while we're discussing. Let's let cue see, the uh, uh, Jeopardy music. The Ethan looks at his phone music. Rob Cavallo produced it. Correct. Uh, let's go down to real quick. Let's go to personnel. I want to see who. Oh my god! Now that now it's embarrassing. Now it's embarrassing. I hope you're embarrassed, bro. I hope you're embarrassed. I'm just trying to get to the whole. Look, I, uh, you let me down. You let the Metallica fans down. 
but mostly you let Phil Tao down. <sighs> Sorry, Phil. He's just currently unweaving one of his yellow Cosby sweaters right now. Sorry. I'm just sorry. Uh, Chris Lord Algae mixed it. Who's okay, he's famous, Chris, yes. Chris and Tom Lord Algae are two brothers, famous guys. Uh, and Ted Jensen mastered it. Ted Jensen does everything. Sterling Sound. Everything. That record, I mean, to this day, I mean, that record is pushing 20 years already. That record sounds incredible. And great songwriting on that album, too. Oh, yeah. American Idiot by Green Day. Just, uh, you know, Billy Joe Armstrong, I thought when Dookie came out, I was like, this dude's writing, these songs are just great. No way around it. You could play these songs in any style, and they're just great. Long View, Basket right. Case, When I Come Around. Uh, I even love the deep cuts on Dookie. And then it, people started taking him seriously as a songwriter when a B-side from that album came out, right? The, the hope you had the time of your life. Oh, no, no that, that, that was from uh, Insomniac. Right, but I think it was, a, it was a reject of Dookie. It was a Dookie-era song. I th- yeah, I think so, yeah. But they, did, they didn't properly record it until Insomniac. Right. Well, it's just him and acoustic, and maybe a string section. It's not like yeah, there's a, some strings on it, and that was that was the, and even when they did it on Somniac, they they were very hesitant. They're like, eh, this isn't really punk rock. We won't put a ballad right now. I think it was. I, I want to say they they touch on in the behind the music maybe where they're like, actually, this is probably one of the most punk rock things you could do is put a ballad like this at the end of your record. Right. No punk rock band is doing this right now, dude. Speaking of the metal police another batch of police you don't want to deal with the punk rock police oh yeah they have a lot to say about green day and green day success and it was sold out dude this i never what, this want is what i say about it <laughs> i never want to be a part of any group yelling that anyone has sold out ever like whatever yeah. genre of music or filmmaker or volleyball t- intramural volleyball team from fucking hawaii <laughs> Whoever, like the people who thought the Beatles sold out, the people that Nirvana sold out, Pearl Jam, Metallica, U2, all of it. Fuck all that. Oh my God. Talk about a group of people I do not want to be associated with. But they sold out. Well, but they, all of a sudden they're, they're selling out arenas and they signed to a major label, so they sold out. Yeah, I don't like that. Okay, where are we at on there? Are we doing a metallic? Are we? Who I'm are we? Sure and what do we do? So next week, we're going to be talking about Nimrod by Green Day. <laughs> right. Actually, sorry. Uh, I think uh, Time of Your Life was on Nimrod, not Insomniac. My oh, mistake. Oh, punk my God. The police. Punk Rock Police. But not only have you have the Punk Rock Police on you, because Punk Rock Police already arrested Green Day like with their before Dookie, probably. They hated them. You're, oh, they arrested them after Kerplunk, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're going to get the sellout police. <laughs> the sellout police are going to come for your ass next. And take you and your dog and your cat, your studio cat with Listen, them. Listen, I'm arresting you for that bullshit song that was played on the finale of Friends. Uh, you're under arrest for Code 3375, the sellout police. Uh, you said that album was on Insomniac when in actuality, according to our records, it was on Nimrod. You can come with us. You have one phone call. Okay, number five for me, is, this is an album that I'm looking at my old list now. This also went down a pace, is the Black Album. Okay. Okay. It's top five, um, but it did go down a pace. And again, my criteria today was just, I started with my number one, like what's the one album I want us to. And then everyone after that, I was like, if, if I could listen to one next, what would it be? And this is how I got to the black album being number five. Okay. And I, you know, everything you said about the black album, I of course agree with the the top five for me are almost interchangeable, maybe except for the first one. Mm -hmm. It's a little tough. Number four, I went load which was a change. Load was number five. So basically the Black Album and Load's, and they, they switched. They switched spots, yeah. Because I just thought, well, I'd rather listen to Load. Oh, I'd rather listen to Load. 
this is that's your era man i mean I, i'm i'm not surprised that it went up a notch it is weird that it i mean yeah the black album is a tough one we already talked about this it's it, some people are like uh they sold out uh you know or it's you know it's it's the fan favorite record the biggest selling record one of the best records of all time blah 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 but yeah it's it's a tough one where would you put that you know some people might put that below i just i love the i love the they sold out people who like with faded black they're like they sold out and i'm like dude just wait till they get on mtv (laughs) yeah like oh my god that's unfathomable then they're on mtv and they're like they sold out i'm like dude just wait till you hear in a sandman (laughs) <laughs> and then and then the, you get in a sandman they're like they saw it out and you're like dude wait till james is rubbing shit on himself in the until it sleeps video you're ri- and wait till lars has nibble wait. rings and kirk's wearing guy liner <laughs> like oh my god they wait till kirk, kirk hammis dreadlocks yeah exactly wait till fucking mike huckabee and sean hannity are playing hurdy gurdy on reload they're like oh my god they sold out <laughs> just the sold out police just getting fucking punked by metallica every two years like oh my they're gosh. like really you think we sold out with that so wait till they make sane anger and james goes to rehab you, that's selling out well wait and then wait uh, and then of course i mean the, I, I know you just made a joke but that even the train goes on wait until they're on stage at the grammys performing with oh, Lady Gaga. Lady they Gaga. sold out. It's like 45-year-old thrash kids wearing fucking bullet belts in their mom's basement still yelling that Metallica sold out. Wait till they're on the Grammys performing with uh, Lang Lang. Mom, Lang the meatloaf. They sold out. Not the meatloaf. Mom, where's my porcupine wrist cuff? <laughs> Ma, the meatloaf. They sold out. <laughs> your, your wife right now is like... She's hating this, you, I know. You seriously want some meatloaf right now? <laughs> Ma, where, where's my bullet belt? Ma, the bullet belt! I can't wait for your wife and daughter to walk in the frame like, what is your problem? We don't have meatloaf here. I'm going to have to apologize for that later. Okay, moving on. to number. Okay, so I will say this, and we can kind of just make this quick. I honestly tried. I tried. Okay. But my top three did not change. Okay. So That's no, fine, man. Number three for me is, is Reload. Number okay. two for me is Injustice for All. And number one for me is Ride the Lightning. Ride the Lightning. Okay. I can't imagine it not being my favorite Metallica album. It's just Fire Fire with Fire is my is not only my favorite. I think oh, it's tough because it's going up against Blackened, but right, yeah. Fire Fire with Fire for me is really special. I don't know why exactly, but I do know that when I I had Brad Blazik over here to my house a few weeks ago, and I was you know he's a big Slayer cat, and so I think we were talking about our Slayer episode, our Rain and Blood episode. So we listened to Rain and Blood on vinyl. Well, that's why we were hanging out in my living room. Okay, and I actually will say this: I meant to text you this. Okay. Listening to it with a friend, like without worrying about a podcast or anything and, and having already listened to it once or already sort of ha- having my palate, like, all right, I enjoyed it more. I, I could see that. Yeah. I don't own that, own that one on vinyl. But you know Tell why me. though? Because we weren't really paying attention to it, honestly. Yes. And and I think we make that point in our episode. It's kind of a record you can ignore because you almost have to ignore it because it's so insane and there's, it is, you yeah. can't tell like what song is which and all this stuff. You can't understand any lyrics. Anyway, I'm with you. Yeah. So we listened. So the song, the record ends of course with rain and blood, which is the best song on the album, probably one of their best songs. And I, it immediately made me want to put on lightning almost as a like, dude, com- all right. So you, we think that's good, right? Rain and blood, the great rain and blood fight fire with fire, dude. And I know it's got that acoustic thing, but right after that, I was like, dude, Slayer can't even touch this one song on ride the lightning. That's how I felt. Right. Yeah. And also, uh, don't both of them have like the atomic bomb drop and Slayers is like the edit is yeah, super bad. The edit's insane. Yeah. yeah the like edit's like, there's like it's a like, huge gap of nothing. <laughs> right. Um, but, he, but, he, but even you talked about the styles on puppets, which I agree with you whole, yeah. wholesale, but that style change is also on lightning, you know, going from, right. from fight fire to 
a, a more it's hard to even call it mid tempo, but a, a more groove thing like creep. But then also the ballad with with uh, fade to black, sort of the punk rock new wave of British heavy metal escape. The super creepy, clean call of Cthulhu. Call, call him. The, the passion. <laughs> don't look at him. You'll turn to stone. Do not. I don't even know if that's the part of the mythology of Cthulhu. Do you turn it to might. stone? It might be. You'll turn to stone. You turn to green jello. And then, and then, justice being number two. Like I wish I could put reload at number two, but I really can't. I would rather hear justice than reload. Yeah. And I thought about this too. Like I'm known as a Bob Rock era Metallica fan, right? Sure. I'm known more as like a load reload guy. But I do feel like I have some cred here, and this is legit because I, 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 if it wasn't these two, I, I, I believe me, I'm not pandering or making this up. <laughs> But my first two favorite albums are Lightning and Justice. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's hard, awesome. Hard, you know, the, the part of their for original Big Four records, the Big Thrash records. You just can't argue with it. You can't. I mean, and and yeah, and my top two are Justice and Puppets. I mean, it, it's well, your new top two is Black Album and Puppets. Oh, sorry, I just I accidentally scrolled it to my old one. Sorry, Black you Album, silly Puppets, guy. Yes. Oh, I'm so silly. Um, I, I often think when I'm looking at these lists that. If the house was on fire, everyone's safe. I got a couple of my like, you know, house is on fire guitars out in the car. And Callie's like, hey, grab one metallic record before the house burns down. I'd probably grab puppets. Yeah. That's that's you a good way like, to think you know about what? it. I'm gonna grab that real quick. Yeah. Desert Island. Kind it's of a desert record. island, yeah. It's just another version of Desert Island, except you're gonna be burned to death or and all your right. possessions will be burned. That was a lot darker. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a terminal illness and you only have like there's, a, there's, there's still hope for me if i'm on a, a desert island that i might get rescued exactly dude you might only home. be there for like two days before a fucking ship <laughs> right. comes exactly but you know, i went straight to all oh, my house is burning down master master all right well so that was fun and of course we're interested out there for you middle up your podcast listeners to you know if if you've had a a bit of a change in uh in the order of your top 10 i'd love to hear why you know uh we do get a lot of emails. Maybe don't write us the uh, your college thesis on it, but but I would like to hear from everybody. So again, the uh, email address is metalupyourpodcastshow@gmail.com. You can also just write to us on the socials. You can always interact with us on Twitter or Instagram right. with what you liked about the episode, what you disagreed with. Maybe put your top ten there. Uh, we we check. It's a lot easier, honestly. It used to be easier to get to us through the emails, but actually at this point. Because I'm, I'm. It's easier for me during the day of what I'm doing with writing or, or teaching my kids school now, and to just interact on Twitter or, or Instagram. So, right. Make sure you follow us on Metal Up Your Podcast on all those socials if you want to interact with us there too. So, let's transition into. Now, did you order these from like one to ten? Your current top ten. I did. What, I did too. Uh, okay. Good. 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 I did too. So let's start with you. Now, I mentioned this before, but again, these aren't of all time. These aren't what we'd give to the aliens to explain Metallica. Mm-hmm. These aren't what we'd give. This is, these aren't even what I would give to a friend that's like, hey, man, curate for me like a mixtape. I want to I, I want to understand Metallica. Yeah. This is just right now. Because what it does is it gives me a profile of kind of where you're at and you're, you're listening uh, Absolutely, habits yeah. with the band and and i'm that's interesting to me because we all know that the best metallic dude the best metallica songs are without dispute they're master puppets it's one you know what i mean it's uh, yeah, uh sure. it's blackened and it's creeping death it's it's the five we all know well uh we'll say that uh the few you just mentioned aren't currently on my list all right cool but yeah well so let's hear it. let's start with 10 
Okay. And this will be a lot quicker than what we just went through. But uh, yeah. uh, so number 10, uh, I got the Four Horsemen. Okay, cool. Uh, arguably one of the most popular records besides Seek and Destroy Off Kill Em All. Uh, but uh, yeah, I've just yeah. been digging that song lately. Uh, number nine, To Live Is To Die. Wow, that's a shock. Well, not a shock. I mean, I'm not shocked. If I was like shocked, I would like my heart would be, uh, my heart rate would increase. I might shit my pants. Right. Um, I might I might say some sort of southern phrase like "heavens to Betsy," but none of those <laughs> things happen. So I, I I I take it back. I'm not shocked. I'm mildly surprised and mildly intrigued. Okay. Uh, it's just uh, to me, it's in. I think in general, it's been, and I don't mean this disrespectfully to that song. Uh-oh. It has always kind of been my second to least favorite instrumental. You know, besides Suicide and Redemption. You know, I, I, I like Orion and Call of Cthulhu over this overall. Sure. You know, gun to my head. So, I, I mean, I, I would say I, I just listen to this song less and diving back into that song. I'm just like, man, this song is really cool. You know, and it's kind of like the last remnant of Cliff on that record. Yeah, totally. Dig it. I also maintain that the the clean section, not the one at the top and the end, but the middle one, the A minor, uh, is oh, one of yeah. the most beautiful pieces of music that they've ever put on tape absolutely i love that part. cool number eight all right number eight unforgiven three cool i do feel like you have a you have a connection with that tune i do yeah not only did i cover it on our, on our first uh cover ep but uh i think uh hearing that on the new snm2 really kind of reinvigorated my love for that song even more right because james is such a really cool version which is vocals and, and symphony and i love that yep uh you'll love this number seven bleeding me cool love it i do love it you were right really been digging this chorus lately um i love it uh this is kind of t- i might be a bit of a shocker on a uh black album level but uh rome hmm. why why rome uh i don't know why other than the fact that in the last week uh, a lot of times at night I, i've been kind of in a, in, a, in a, a rut with writing like a bit of a writer's block uh the last couple weeks it's and, interesting you haven't asked me to help uh not one time even though you know that that uh, i'm a professional songwriter <laughs> <laughs> haven't asked me to help one time that's hey, okay write, though write, write me a song um, not to write you a song but to write with you write something and we should yeah actually i could send you some ideas i mean i have this riff i have a riff we could toy with around it goes to listen like this it goes ba ba da ba 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 da ba 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 da ba the earth becomes your bride sick bro anyway we could work on that later yeah other than the fact that like uh when i've you know sat in, in hq1 at night and i'll just be playing guitar through my amp I don't know why that that main riff just kind of came out the other night and i'm just like man what a cool riff yeah it's so simple especially when it goes to the harmony part you know before the before the solo yeah 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 all that stuff is great you know it's one of those riffs too where like where they wrote it they were like hell yeah this is awesome oh yeah it's like when tony omi wrote like the riff to you know the chord riff to iron man they're just like sometimes i imagine when they're writing a riff that good where they're like wait a minute has someone already written? Like, because it's so good. It's like, how did no one write yeah. the Rome riff before 1991? Yeah, totally. Or 1990, whenever they wrote it. It's like, they, you know, they were pulling out those Sabbath records to be like, are we kind of subconsciously ripping this off? Because it's so killer. Exactly. It's such a good riff, man. I, I've, I've always loved it. And yeah, I've just been playing on guitar a lot this week. It's just a fun, especially when they do like the, the hammer on pull off thing. The trill. I believe they refer to it as a trill. As a trill, a trilogy of sorts. <laughs> uh, all right, now I'll move through this. Number five, Call of Cthulhu, another instrumental. 
Look at you, bro. I've got a couple on here. Uh, Call of Cthulhu, it's just, again, I, I think SNM2 is so fresh in my mind that, that some of these songs have just are poking Dude, out. Dude, right the now. Cthulhu on SNM2 is awesome. It's great. It's awesome. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, good point. All right. Uh, num- number four, Battery. Okay. Uh, mainly because that riff is fucking hard and uh, I've been trying to work on it's it. It's like really hard. <laughs> it's like just, it's like not fun. Uh, number three, Atlas Rise. Wow. Because, you know, a bit of a... I kind of uh, poo-pooed uh, it earlier. I apologize. A new a, a new classic. Okay. Uh, number two, I've just... I love this song so much, man. The memory remains. Look at you, dude. I know it's a bit... I know it's a popular single. And, uh, they sold out with Marianne Faithful. <laughs> um, Ma, the Milo! <laughs> Milo! <laughs> Mom, um, yeah, I, I need my Home Depot chains. <laughs> I need my Venom T-shirt, Mom. The... <laughs> All right, sorry. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just literally picturing your wife and daughter's face right now, like watching that movie. To like, what are they? What is? What are they talking? What is the episode about? Meatloaf. Here's what she. I can tell you because she's upstairs in the bedroom with Nova. And they're like snuggling and watching a movie. She's not laughing. She's not even smiling. She's just <laughs> either looking straight ahead, thousand yard stare, or shaking her head like this motherfucker maybe a, maybe a combination of all three <laughs> yeah, totally. all right and your number one current my number one song. so on this top 10 list i currently have three instrumentals and wow. ryan's number one <laughs> wow that's i think that's cool I, I don't know what it is lately like i've been gravitating towards the instrumentals of metallica just because they're not track skippers or overlooked necessarily but you know when there's no words they're not necessarily as in the forefront as like a master of puppets or a sanitarium or a fade of black or whatever yeah and that just main opening riff, uh, not to mention the Cliff's beautiful bridge. It's just, it's an incredible song. You know, it, it, that, that is a song that, that proves that you don't always need lyrics and melody to write a, an amazing song. I agree. And, you know, we're, I'm going to read my 10 here and then we're going to sign off and let you guys get back to your weeks. But uh, we're going to end with the, the Peter Green flute with Max song Albatross, which it's really similar to that uh, the 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 bendy harmony section of Orion, right? Um, it's almost you, you can almost imagine Cliff taking inspiration from you know seventy Fleetwood Mac for that part. So he may uh, have. Well, did, there's my family right there behind me. Hey guys, I told you. Hey, sorry, hey guys. That's okay. Did you hear me screaming? No. You didn't hear me screaming. No. The meatloaf about, about the meatloaf and the and get the, the, the porcupine. It's about the, the meatloaf. Bo- she says they didn't hear it. <laughs> Amazing. Great. Boring. <laughs> Uh, all right, so, Nova, get the meatloaf. <laughs> okay, let's just we'll just get through this. Um, all right, cool. Okay, so uh, well, let's just jump in. There will be plenty to talk about. So, number ten for me, and this really shocked me. This surprised me because it's not a song that would ever make a, maybe even a top twenty list for me. But it's a song that I really love right now, and it's battery. Awesome. I've just never yeah. really been a battery guy, but for some reason recently, I'm like, okay, so impressed with how catchy it is. Like. That chorus is catchy, dude. It really is. For such an... And, and they don't sacrifice any of the power and speed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not like... It doesn't lose any cred because it's catchy. That's what's so great about them is like they didn't ever have to sacrifice thrash or speed cred to have a great chorus. Right, exactly. And then the the gallopy chug of that riff, which oh, you mentioned this before, but again, for me, can't play it. I mean... If I was going to video myself playing it for like one of our, our social media posts, I would just play like the same 10 seconds of, of it over and over <laughs> and then maybe find one where I don't fuck it up, let alone playing it the whole four or five minutes of it without messing up. And singing. And, and also singing over it. Yeah, that's insane. So it's just a song. Dude, honestly, a lot of songs on my list are like not 
non load reload kind of groovy slow things they're all really like fast guys mm -hmm. uh to that point number nine holier than thou Ooh, speaking nice. of black album love i mean if i were going to put on the black album right now that'd be the first song i would want to hear over sabbath true over unforgiven over sandman over rome that that's Great the song. one i just want to hear and i i love the the uh, the webster hall version by the way number eight moth in the flame giving some love to hardwired yeah okay nice Again, I, th I think I think another another modern classic may have gotten a little tired of the album as we talked about before, but definitely not tired of that song. No. If I could just if they were like, all right, you have to listen to a hardwired song, it would either be that or spit. And I would I'd probably choose that one over spit, even though I awesome. love spit. Number seven, which is a song that was on your list, which is no surprise is is uh, bleeding me. Oh, we, we matched up right there. Oh, you're all Yeah, that's right. Number seven for you, too. Both Number seven. Yeah. Yeah. Just an amazing ballad, an amazing vocal performance and a great load lyric i believe great kirk solo a lot of great kirk solos he has his like mm -hmm. wow the cool slide thing that goes up an octave and right. also he kind of has his frenetic crazy thing at the end the big bombastic yep. thing absolutely great so great tune. yeah bleeding me number six another song that you had ethan call of cthulhu what one off there just love it love it my favorite instrumental historically has been to live is to die but call cthulhu has a great vibe love it and i can't wait to get snm2 you and i, I both have uh we both have the marble vinyl on the way and metal up your podcast has a box set on the way one of the yes. not not the one with the signed sheet music but we have the uh the one below that right. which is the, most likely oh, going to be <laughs> just below. that one which is most likely going to be a giveaway for uh for patrons number five attitude Ooh, attitude that's a surprise short and sweet punk rock reminds me of motorhead uh i, I can hear oh hold on i hear again the metal police coming for me saying it sounds like motorhead <laughs> they're going to try to pull me over for that one uh but i what can i say man the punk rock spirit of attitude mm -hmm. i always liked i get it it's not uh shakespearean poetry i get it it's not creeping death but it's one of the top five songs that i want to listen to by the band metallica right now yeah so I'm in, I'm in. in other words eat my shorts <laughs> <laughs> not you the police uh, i'll eat them right now number four in what is now becoming a stretch of album enders which was not planned okay my apocalypse Ooh, dude talk about the crazy right hand stuff and especially with singing over it my apocalypse mm -hmm. i think gets overlooked it gets overlooked in this category of song that is almost inhuman to play let alone to sing over especially the bridge plus the lyric is great great ending mm -hmm. song to death magnetic which again jumped up on my top on my album order list yeah man um love my apocalypse and and a song that i have historically not spent a lot of time with like the podcast really brought this song into my in the foreground of my metallica fandom awesome so i want to thank myself and i'd also like to thank you for doing for helping me do that well you're welcome and and you're welcome to yourself <sighs> thank you all right number three and what ends my four pete of album enders is damage inc yeah giving some love to your beloved master puppets it came on the other day in shuffle and i cannot believe almost how fast and oh you know what no no it didn't come on shuffle i watched the last metallica monday show just by myself just for fun yeah which was them in germany where they play puppets front to back yeah i dipped in for about 25 to 30 minutes it's pretty uh, it's weird it's it's like a lot of it's in daytime it's one of those kind of weird timing yeah. things and did you did you notice the production like they had that weird backdrop that's with 
it was like a, a like a like a, a collage of all the records and stuff but, but it, it's just like a it's just like a cloth backdrop it's weird it's like yeah. the production value is like really low or something it was very minimal for sure yeah super minimal but um i of course dipped into all the sort of rare puppet songs i, I dipped into thing that should not be I dipped into leopard messiah dipped into disposable heroes and then watched damage inc and just mm-hmm. amazed at how uh, just fast and strong and crazy that song is yeah it so, is it is damage inc is my number three number two i mentioned this a little earlier in the episode no remorse oh yeah i was i was blasting kill them all in vinyl and uh just dude the second half man so much fun there really is a lot of good stuff in the second half of the record i mean and it's crazy that i mean the biggest song from that record that they continue to play to this day is off the back half of the record so you can destroy yeah the the three big ones right seek horseman and and hit the lights yeah but but yeah the back half was just a lot of fun i I mentioned that i love the metal militia of course phantom lord but no remorse especially like the slow part and i I don't know i just love the song it's number two number one is a huge huge metallica song that 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 most people don't argue with and it's the song one yeah it's my current favorite Metallica song. I mean, it's just Can't got go every, it, it's got everything I want in a Metallica song, dude. Yeah, that and puppets to me ha- have every little uh, pizza topping that you would put on the Metallica pizza. Right, right, right. The full buffet. Full buffet. Yeah, it's definitely a, a buffet. Pre-COVID buffet. <laughs> Don't <laughs> yeah, go dude. to buffets now. Buffets are out for the time being, and, yeah, and maybe maybe for a long time actually. Yeah. Well, there you have it, folks. So you can write in Metal Up Your Podcast Show at gmail.com. Let us know kind of what your current sauce is, your top tens. And and again, you can throw all these on Twitter and Instagram too. Obviously, every Monday we post like a, uh, you know, a picture of whatever the new episode is. That's a, the comments are a great place to not only let us know what's going on with you, but to interact with other people like you who love Metallica, right. who love Metal Up Your Podcast. There are a lot of you out there who have become buddies, become friends, who have relationships outside the podcast even. And uh, if, if you're kind of lonely out there, or you feel like maybe you're one of the only nerds like yourself who love the band as much as we do, that's a great place to meet other like-minded people, right? Agreed. Well, is there anything else to add before we split? Not necessarily. Uh, like everything Clint said, and then also, uh, yeah, we're just very grateful for everyone uh, still listening to us, still supporting us through Patreon, engaging with us on the socials. It's a weird time to be uh, living in the United States of America, I mean, let alone on the around the world, and we're grateful that you tune in every week and uh, engage with us. And yeah, uh, I- I'm constantly blown away by, by the, the listeners we have and uh, w- what we hear from them every week. And uh, we're very grateful. So thank you very much. And uh, and we're still, com- I agree with all that. And we're still committed to churning out these episodes every week. And I believe we will be back in the same room for next week's episode, picking back up with some kind of commentary part two. That's right. And, uh, you know, as usual, we look forward to engaging with you guys during the week on the socials. Take care of yourselves. Be safe. And uh, we'll see you on the flip flop. Peace. Adios.
So what would you say? Then I would say, delete that. <laughs>